What's up, everyone? Welcome to Trash Talk. I'm Logan Corker. Joining me, as always, my partner in crime, Austin Campbell. What is up, everybody? It's been a fun week. You know, home run derby, all-star game, Carl Ravage mm-hmm. could go to hell. There's a lot of great stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, start- just, just because he, you know, all you Kansas City people, man, you, you need to stop being so... So winners and losers this week. Stop being a bunch of wusses, okay? So say my name so that his power may flow through you. We're going to start today, ladies and gentlemen, in the NFL. And we have two situations that are weird. It's not uncommon for us to be talking about domestic abuse. That's, I mean, it just goes hand in hand with the NFL these days. But there's two kind of disturbing cases going on today. Let's start. It's not Ben Roethlisberger. It's not Ben Roethlisberger. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I knew knew you were waiting to say something to just slip in there and throw me off because, like, that's what you do on a line like that. Did not expect that one. Uh, We're going to start in San Francisco. Richard Sherman is currently awaiting the outcome of his first court hearing on Thursday afternoon following his suspicion of felony burglary domestic violence at his in law's home in Richmond, Virginia. There is a somewhat disturbing 911 call where Richard Sherman and his wife allude to some of the personal troubles he's currently going through. My understanding is his close friends have all been aware, have been well aware of this and actually visited Sherman's house on a couple different occasions this offseason to try and intervene and help Sherman deal with what he's dealing. Personally, this is from Ian Rappaport, um, and it's on The Athletic. The... It, this is a really disturbing thing. He apparently tried to break into his in-laws' house. He's been struggling with some mental health issues. He was drunk and belligerent. He was said to be uh, threatening to kill himself. His wife trying to help him and stop him. He was arrested on Monday. Or yeah, Monday. He was arrested uh, Wednesday morning. Sorry, and not released with bail. He was denied bail, which apparently is common in Washington, but like the way that they worded the original press release was kind of confusing on that. This is a really disturbing time. I mean, like Richard Sherman's a free agent. There have been talks uh, he would return to Seattle, but man, this is this is a really disturbing thing for a guy who, yes, he's a hothead, but he's one of the best damn secondary players of the last decade. Austin, what do you think about the situation? You know, I, I'm not going to say much about this because it is a touchy subject, but I also just don't know what Richard Sherman's going through right now. So I don't want to speculate on something I just I don't know anything about. Uh, he's an incredible player. He's been an incredible player. Um, he's, a, he's, a na- he's a known name ever since the, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, after-game speeches he had in the playoffs. Uh, from his career with Seattle and his career with San Francisco. Um, the last I had really heard about Richard Sherman is he said that he would be open to going to play for Seattle again. Um, so I just, you know, I don't really know what's going through Richard Sherman's life. Uh, he's an incredible player. Um, I've always liked him. Um, I like outspoken guys, but uh, it's a, it's one of those things where, you know, <laughs> It's that uh, you never know what's going on beyond the surface. You would think Richard Sherman's very confident in himself, um, the way he kind of goes about life. But I don't think I would have known that he was going through this kind of thing. So um, I don't I don't know what he's going through. But what I can say is you never know what's going on on the inside of him in certain people's certain people's life. So uh, always be aware of that. Don't always assume the worst and don't always assume the best. So. 
Um, yeah, and sometimes, you know, what's unspoken is actually the stuff that means the most. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you or anyone you know is struggling or con- con- contemplating suicide, uh, be sure to reach out to the suicide hotline uh, or prevention hotline, 1-800-273-8255. This is, uh, yeah, I mean, m- mental health is a huge thing, and, and the NFL has been doing more and more tests. I mean, I know I, there's already the Twitter conversation of oh it's cte no 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 some guys just struggle i mean everybody struggles with mental health issues um it's some we just got to be able to support each other and, and help each other through it let's go to our next one though we're gonna go to pittsburgh brooke Pryor over at espn's got this one the wife of Dwayne haskins faces a domestic violence charge stemming from an alleged assault involving the pittsburgh steelers quarterback that occurred in the las vegas hotel room earlier this month cabria Haskins faces a felony charge of battery and domestic violence resulting in bodily harm stemming from the alleged altercation on June 3rd at the Cosmopolitan. Haskins is accused of punching Dwayne Haskins in the mouth, according to the police report obtained by ESPN. Haskins, 24, reportedly had a split upper lip and a missing tooth and suffered other injuries to his mouth that would require dental work to repair his teeth. Mm. I mean... So let me let me get this straight. It is... As you say, his wife, his wife yeah, is his wife. So his, his wife. wife's being abused. Did it? And it says it stemmed from an altercation. So does that mean there was a fight between the both of them? And she got she the punched him. charges. Yeah, right. she punched him. And he like there. There's no report that he was aggressive with her in any way, shape, or form. Um, I had heard one potential rumor was that she was drunk, came back to the room, they got into a fight. He was trying to calm her down, and she just straight up punched him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is just another thing where I have no idea what's going on. Um, Dwayne Haskins has not had an easy career so far. Um, yeah, I, I hope he gets the protection he needs. I mean, I don't know what all happened. I can't say who's to blame and who's it, but clearly she she took it way too far. There's no no room for abuse. Um, in any way from man or woman so yeah really really sucks though a lot of, a lot of weird situations in the nfl this week uh let's go over to the nba nba finals continuing on espn and abc game five will be tomorrow ladies and gentlemen saturday on esp or on abc series is tied two to two milwaukee got the win on Wednesday night, beating the Suns 109-103. Sorry, series is tied 2-2. I mean, everybody's assuming this is going to go seven games. Austin, how do you feel about the Milwaukee Bucks right now? They're coming off that win. Do they have the momentum going forward? Well, the Bucks know what they got to do now. And as long as they keep capitalizing on it, that's all that matters. I, I mean... They clearly have a size advantage down below with Brooke Lopez and Giannis and Bobby Portis, and um, they can just get down there, whereas Phoenix really is kind of a small team outside of DeAndre Ayton. As soon as they get them in foul trouble, um, which they did well in Game 3, uh, they just really overpower um, You know what the, what the Suns are really working with. Or their next big man's kind of like Jay Crowder, which is he's better on the wing, better than down the paint, so... Uh, they know what they got to do. They're doing it well. I mean, these are the home games have been won. So, so far, Phoenix is, is still set to win the playoffs if they win their home games over Milwaukee. But Milwaukee knows what they got to do. Now they just got to get one done in Phoenix, and that'll be the key. Um, 
Chris Paul is not looking as good in game four and kind of slowed in game three. So hopefully he's, you got to wonder if he's, uh, if he's, if he's, if he's kind of slowing down because they're away from home or they're, if he's slowing down because it's getting towards the end of the year. Uh, he's a big piece to what they need to win as far as being the team leader. Uh, Devin Booker did great scoring. Chris Middleton came out of nowhere. Um, it's really going to depend on if they can keep getting the ball down low and they can keep Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton working. Chris, Mil- Chris Middleton scored 40 points, uh, which is not counted on every game. If he can keep doing that, that would be a great way for the Bucks to win. And then Drew Holiday played r- really good defense. Uh, on Chris Paul, so uh, it it really depends just uh, what they can keep doing, but they know how to win, and that's that's a that's a key thing. Uh, it seemed like Phoenix was kind of really rolling over them, uh, even though they were in the home games. But uh, now Milwaukee knows how to win, and they know the secret. What is Phoenix going to do to counteract that? That's going to be the it's going to be the key to the series. How do you feel about Devin Booker? I mean, Devin Booker was great. He didn't play well in Game Three. Now he's playing better in Game Four, uh, scoring 42 points. But um, you need Chris Paul because you need someone who's setting up the other other team members. Uh, you know, it's it's never a one person game. Uh, he's he's scoring, uh, but he's got to do other stuff as well. So Booker's good, but it's not going to be enough to win if they if they can't get everyone else involved. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our NBA coverage. We'll continue it next week as we should hopefully, maybe, possibly have a NBA Finals champion. Let's go over to the NFL preview. NFL preview brought to you today by Raised Energy. Go to repsports.com. Use the promo code LAMPARTY. Save 50% off the best-tasting, zero-calorie, zero-sugar energy drink. Uh, Again, repsports.com. Use the promo code LANPARTY, L-A-N-P-A-R-T-Y. It's save 50% off. So the last two weeks, we have been to the NFC. We've been to the NFC West. Last week with West, we went to the NFC East. This week... We're going to the AFC West. Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs. This is uh, this has gotten to be a better division, I think, in this offseason than what we expected. We're going to start in Denver with the Broncos. Broncos invested in the defense a little bit this offseason, but then they made their pre-draft trade for Teddy Bridgewater. He should be the starter. If there's even a possibility of Drew Locke being the starter, Please just shoot me now. <laughs> but I mean, the defense thing. I think the Broncos would would be glad to just just call it a day, call it a year, and and get on to the next one. Go ahead and tank for the next uh, Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully, it, it's crazy too because I'm looking at a 2022 top mock pick, and it has them taking quarterback Desmond Ritter. So the the Broncos were in a weird situation though this offseason where the night one of the NFL draft, they were rumored and sources were saying that the deal was done to get Aaron Rodgers. The night went on, the night continued. No news, no news, no news. Adam Schefter was quiet. We ended up getting a whole lot of nothing. Uh, the actual draft class for the Broncos isn't bad. Patrick Sertan, quarterback out of Alabama, was their number one overall pick uh, or was their first overall pick. Uh, some other highlights there. Caden Stearns, uh, safety out of Texas. 
And then linebacker Baron Brownie out of Ohio State, he was taken to the third round. So really, the defense was the focus. Austin, how we feel about the offense, though, of the Broncos? Teddy Bridgewater coming in as, as a QB. He still got some older wide receivers and a running game that kind of struggled to find its footing last year. What do we think of the Bronx, Broncos? So this Broncos team is really just a quarterback away from being a very good team and making this division very, very interesting. Uh, the Chargers are, are, of course, getting better. The Chiefs are already good, and the Raiders are, well, the Raiders. But they're always interesting, at least. Uh, the Broncos' defense is, is really good. They have a great set of wide receivers with Demarius Thomas and Jerry Judy. Uh, they got a decent running back core. The offensive line is there. And <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a better team than he did in Carolina, which makes me somewhat interested. If he could just manage the game, manage the teams, can he get to that uh, kind of last playoff spot? I think the problem with the Broncos is they got too much competition for you to have a mediocre quarterback. Um, and I say that with all respect to Teddy Bridgewater, but he's not. He's the fourth best quarterback in this division. Um, and the third best quarterback is not that great either. So, you know, I just um, – I think they've got to look. I mean, I'm sure that they would trade anything to go to get an Aaron Rodgers, to get a Deshaun Watson, even if if that's still available. I that's a big question in Houston whether he's available or not. So, um, Denver's got a lot of great pieces, and they really were in games last year. But Drew Locke really just was awful. Drew Locke was just awful, and there's there's really no way to say that it was definitely. He might be the. I mean. I'm I'm blanking right now, but he might have been the worst quarterback last year. If I think we're being he was, honest. Yeah. I think he was. So it's just it it's really devastating to see um this Broncos team kind of being wasted on right now. It'd be a great time to get a good quarterback, but Teddy Bridgewater is what you got. He can manage games, he can do a little bit of stuff. Um it's really just gonna be whether that defense can stick up and then hopefully they catch some lucky breaks with the other teams that they have to face. If they end up getting last in the division, is this Vic Fangio's last year as Denver's head coach? I I think it depends. If this is a really rough season, like I would say like if they are six and 11 i think he's going to be on the verge because they know what they have as far as quarterback goes like they know that they're they're struggling on that position right. however if it's any worse than six eleven, i think it is his last year i think if we see the defense digress this will be his last year but as long as the defense is good and there's some kind of spark of hope like hey if we just get the quarterback right uh because there's going to be some quarterbacks available next year uh let's stick with him let's not try to break up the team Unless, and here's a big if, if they go to get an Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Vic, Man- Vic Mangio is probably not the best uh, pair up that you would want. And if you can get Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, what I want to bring whatever coach you want to bring in, Aaron Rodgers might have his guy. Deshaun Watson might have his guy. And that's where I think Vic, Vic Mangio could be in trouble. That is a good point. We'll uh, rank the teams here at the end of this preview. Let's go to Las Vegas for the Raiders. Raiders had a really disappointing draft. A lot of people thought that they had probably the worst draft of anyone in the AFC West. And they really didn't do much in free agency, though, either. I mean, this is a team that put a lot of stock into their draft, but then they really didn't do anything with it. They got Alex Leatherwood in the first round. you have to tackle out of Alabama. Followed it up with Divine Diablo, safety out of Virginia Tech in the third round. Tyree Gillespie, safety out of Mizzou in the fourth round. I, I 
I'm a Mizzou homer, and even I can't vouch for this guy. I think he he really doesn't do well at really what a safety needs to be able to do well, and that's read the ball off the off the hand. I mean, he he's just bad at identifying where the ball is going to be down the stretch. Nate Hobbs, quarterback out of Illinois, that was a questionable one as well. But Alex Leatherwood was the big shocker there in the first round where it looked like, you know, you could have had your pick of just about any of the weapons that were on the draft board. Devontae Smith was still on the draft board at the time. And yet they went with Alex Leatherwood for a team that had an okay offensive line. It was a little bit of a shocker. Uh, There's just kind of questions all over here. What do you think about Derek Carr, Kenny Drake, and John Brown this year on the offense. Can they take Las Vegas into – essentially Las Vegas is trying to get either second or – I mean, they, they could try to go for first place. I don't think they're going to be able to, but if they can somehow knock the Chargers out of second place, I mean, do you think this is possible? I think it's possible to get second place. Um, I don't think it is for first place, and I don't think they're really expecting this, but Derek Carr and John Gruden need this to work. This is You've got to show some kind of improvement, and I don't. I think if even if... Uh, I know John Gruden's got that 10-year deal. He's not even halfway through of it yet, but I think this could be trouble for Mike Mayock, the general manager, too. This, this, this team has just got a lot of, like, question marks everywhere. Uh, you've got you got some studs. You 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 got um you got Josh Jacobs, which is an absolute absolute stud, uh, and you got Darren Waller, the tight end, who might be the future of tight ends. Uh, you know, <laughs> could very well be one of the best tight ends by the by this year. We'll see how it goes. Um, but Derek Carr like has got to prove something. I know John Gruden's been saying like he likes Mar- Marcus Mariota, and that that's that's questionable to me because I've. I've lived with Marcus Mariota for a long time, and I wouldn't want him to be a, be a questionable uh, uh, option. Um, this offensive line is is pretty decent. I think the offense is pretty set, even though I'm not totally crazy um, about their wide receiver core. Um, you know, Henry Ruggs was was one of my least favorite of the of the of the wide receivers this year, um, and then it's just a lot of a lot a lot of question marks. Uh, everywhere as far as we are wide receiver core the defense is interesting um and i i you know i haven't looked at the Raiders schedule yet I'm, I'm fixing to pull it up but i think this could be another season where the raiders start good but it's gonna fall towards the end um i just there's too many question marks on this raiders team i would never bet on them uh personally um but i do think if they can get second place for They've, they've got to get second place because the Chargers have not been in that second place spot in a while. And if you're already having uh, Justin Herbert taking over uh, your division right next to Mahomes, then that's not a good sign for your Raiders team. Uh, you got to deal with two people that are going to be in the NFL for a long, long time. Uh, so, yeah, I I think Mike Mayock might be on the hottest seat just because this team has just got a lot of what and who and where and um, you know, Ngakwe is is a really good get uh, for this year, but other than that, they really didn't make a big enough splash for me personally in the off season. Um, so we'll see what this defense looks like. That's really the defense is the biggest question, and then I think their wide receiver core is kind of questionable to me. And this is a big season for all three of the main guys: Derek Carr, John Gruden, and Mike Mayock to make a big splash this year. 
I think one of the biggest issues in Las Vegas is the mindset and just like the whole team. Remember last year they beat the Chiefs in like week five and they ended up doing a victory lap around the stadium, which is fine. Cool. Do whatever you want. But like they were so cocky going into games that they didn't have a prayer in, especially like I mean, the Chargers owned them in the second half of the season. You look at like the last eight games this season. It was rough for the Raiders because they just couldn't get out of their own heads. Um, it will be cool, though. This year, they will have fans for the first time at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, it is. It does crack me up, though, that the first time Allegiant Stadium is going to host fans, it will not be for a Chargers game or for, it will not be for a Raiders game. It will be for WWE and Super SummerSlam. Oh, God. That just cracks me up. That just absolutely cracks me up. Uh, we'll talk uh, more about the Raiders here in a minute when we go to the picks. But f- now let's go to L.A. I mean, the Chargers. Justin Herbert, man, turned the league on last year. They added de- a lot of protection for him. They invested heavily in the offensive line. They did so in the draft as well with uh, Rashawn Slater. That was the biggest draft pick I think that they had. But just across the board, man, it looks like L.A. is trying to say we are here to win now. And we're going to do it as best we can. They also added Josh Palmer, wide receiver out of Tennessee in the draft. They added Azante Samuel, quarterback out of Florida State. Uh, Brendan James, offensive tackle out of Nebraska. And Nick Neiman, linebacker out of Iowa. They invested in the offense, but they also fixed some issues on defense as well. And I'm, I, I really have to like what the Chargers are doing right now. Like, this is a team. If anybody in this division can upset Kansas City, it's Justin Herbert and the Chargers. There is an there's a firepower in this offense with him as quarterback. Like Stephen A. Smith said something. Uh, he spelled, he said a lot of things that were completely off the cuff this week. But one, of the other, <laughs> one of the things he said this week was that he said, you know, Justin Herbert's going to win MVP at some point in his career. I think it's a little too soon to say that, but I could see it. The kid just exudes this energy and this freshness to the NFL that I love. How do you feel about the Chargers, Austin? I cannot wait to see what the Chargers are going to do this year. Um, I really like Justin Herbert. I totally whiffed on him in the draft. I didn't think this was the guy um, that everyone else was saying. Excuse me, everyone else was saying that he was. But when I, after one game, you were like, "Oh, that, that's a guy that's going to be playing in the NFL for a long time." Like you could just tell. It was. To me, it reminded me a lot of, uh, which this guy isn't as good anymore, but Matt Ryan. When Matt Ryan was first playing, like his first game in the NFL, I was like, oh, that guy's going to be playing for a while. And if even if that's the least that he can get, Matt Ryan was still a great player, and I think Justin Herbert will be even better, though. Um, he's making this AFC West even, like, just really, really interesting when you got two guys that could possibly be the Peyton and Tom Brady of this generation like that. That's the kind of excitement that we're seeing. And so I would love for Justin Herbert to be good. I'm hoping that the coaching situation was a good choice. I, I, I don't know the guy very well, so I, I just don't know what his history is. Um, but I really hope that this team is good because I think that I, I would love to see the chargers to be good again. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a hard time for the for the Chargers lately. And I think they're really like, you got to have that one team either with Denver and Chargers, like you got to have that one team that's kind of competing with the Chiefs right, right now. And I think that Chargers team is that team. Uh, I would love for people to actually show up to their games as well. 
uh, you know, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, I, I I really like this team. I think their defense is there. They've got studs everywhere on offense and defense. They are building on the offensive line uh, with their new tackle uh, to protect Justin Herbert, and that's that was the key. Uh, if they can stay healthy, I see this team being really, really, really good. What what I love about LA is is that this is a team that okay you think about the old days of the Chargers when they had like Ladanian Thompson and Antonio Gates coming up, Philip Rivers is leading. People love that. I mean, people love that team, and it felt like they've lost that over the years. Now Philip Rivers is you know doing whatever, just just basically you know a dad right now, which is awesome. Him and his like seventeen kids, uh, <laughs> like. This is a new, fresh face. The, we, we talk so much about how, like, one of the reasons, like, baseball is resurging this year is because there's so many great young players, and they're not having to rely on the old guys to continually make these incredible plays. Justin Herbert's part of that new wave of quarterbacks, like uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I would say Deshaun Watson, but apparently I can't say that anymore. Uh, uh, no, it, he's, he's good. It's it's uh, We just don't know. We just don't gonna, know what's going on. <laughs> That's we just problem. don't know what's going on. We don't know what's well, going just, on. He's part of that young talent that, like, Kyler Murray, what he's done in Arizona and helped revitalize some of that fan base. Tua is doing it in Miami right now. Like, there's so much good young talent in this league. Like, across the board, quarterbacks have just gotten better. But Justin Herbert is standing out as one of those guys who – is going to be here for a very long time. And he, he you know, you, you talk about how he does kind of remind you of that, you know, Brady and, and, and Peyton Manning thing. Like he's a true pocket passer. He doesn't like to move very much outside the pocket. And the league needs that as much as it needs scramblers. It also still needs true and blue pocket passers who can just throw the ball yeah. ridiculously deep. That's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. I just, Let's go, uh, Keith. part of me wishes that Miami would have taken him. Do you imagine how no, great Miami no, would be? Just no, no, Miami? no, no, no. I'm shutting what? that one down. What? It would have been great. Would you have? Would you? Would you, uh, tell me, Justin Herbert with the Dolphins? Like that would be so, so great. You can if go he, ahead and get the shovel out for the quarterback graveyard. Florida, that, that is just not. In and of itself, is a quarterback graveyard. How are you going to say that, bro? How are you going to say that? I'm saying that because watch what Jacksonville does this year. Watch my, what Miami does again this okay, year. Okay, Jacksonville I... and Miami are two totally different scenarios <laughs> here, okay? <laughs> Jackson... <laughs> Jacksonville and Miami is like comparing Quick Trip to like the gas station you buy blow from, okay? Like, it's not the same. How do you know that it's not the same place, okay? You know? <laughs> it's possible. It's possible, but it's spelled differently. It's K W I K, whatever <laughs> that other quick trip it's is. It's the come and go. <laughs> yeah, definitely the come and go. More like the come and blow. Anyway, um, all right. So, well, now you all know why this episode is probably going to be three hours long. And uh, <laughs> here's the next team. <laughs> all right. So let's go to. I can't say it anymore. I can't say That's it right. anymore. I thank God, thank God Almighty on Earth, that I don't have to hear the, the rating. No, you can only back say that about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Champions, Kansas you cannot. City. That is that is not impressive. That's not as impressive. How about Super Bowls, uh, man? Straight AFC Championships. I don't. I, I don't care about that. I don't care about that. Well, the AFC years. sucks. That's true. It's true. Let's go to Kansas City, ladies and gentlemen, the Chiefs. What did the Chiefs suck at last year? 
Let's anybody raise their hand. Protecting Mahomes. And if you want to see clear evidence of that, watch the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay absolutely obliterated the offensive line. And Brett Veach, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, said, screw it. We'll throw out the entire offensive line. They let go of some key names. Uh, you, 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 you look at what that offensive line was last year. They were missing Lord Tardif. Uh, after he decided to stay in Canada to help battle COVID. He is back, but he's going to be a secondary player because they've brought in Orlando Brown Jr., Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and, oh, yeah, they got Kyle Long out of retirement. So an almost entirely new offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs will be protecting the highest-paid NFL quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Take a look at some other options there, too. They also got a little bit better defensively. They added Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Mizzou, uh, in round two of the NFL draft. They also went defensive Ed Joshua Kando out of Florida State, a guy who they think could be ready to be a factor uh, week one. This defense has a question mark, though, because of Frank Clark's situation. So Frank Clark was arrested with a loaded gun in his vehicle just a few weeks ago. The rumor is that he could get suspended as many as, many as eight games this season. Austin, we look at the Kansas City Chiefs. How you feel? Here's the thing. They still have Mahomes, and that's that's really what they've got. They still got Andy Reid. They still got a lot of their weapons. The problem with the Chiefs was not their offensive linemen. It was the fact that they were all getting injured. So getting a bunch of more offensive linemen to replace your old offensive linemen only makes me – somewhat okay as long as they all stay healthy and that's you know that that is a thing that cannot be stopped and cannot be improved like think about it like the 49ers i mean san francisco is like one of the best as far as having medical staff on there uh they've done that as well as for like the war like you know in the nba and stuff and they're always getting injured like they always have injuries as well so I just don't know if that upgraded offensive line is going to mean anything when their offensive line was great when it was healthy. Um, you know, they still got their their wide receivers. I don't know if there's anything on defense that made me excited. Um, and, of course, losing Chris Jones, like, that's just – that's a huge, huge miss. Uh, and you, you said it was eight games. Is that the least? Is that the minimum? Or – that is the max, is what I've heard. That's the max. Is, okay. is the league is contemplating right now between four and eight. I've heard eight is the max. I've yeah. heard realistically you could probably expect five. Right. It's his second offense. That's the issue. That's why I think he's going to get seven. Is Goodell is starting to get more and more harsh, especially on gun violence. Granted, he didn't shoot anyone. He was immediately released without a heavy bail either. His bail was only like 20 grand. I think there's a pretty decent chance that, that Goodell just says, okay, here, here's seven, here's five games, whatever it is. Just yeah. don't be an idiot anymore. Well, and, it, it would make it would make for more interesting if uh, if they do take Chris Jones out because that gives, like, the Chargers one game to play without, like, their big pass rush, and then that makes it more interesting. So, you know, the NFL is going to do whatever makes the league more interesting. Uh, well, but you, I mean, stick back to years past. Steve Spagnuolo takes about eight weeks to really figure out what the Chiefs' defense needs to do every year. So, I mean, Mahomes has to score. I think what it was the average that Mahomes has had in the first ten games or first eight games of the season is like thirty-five points per game. He keeps that average up. I mean, they'll still they'll still probably be either 
seven and one, six and two, somewhere in there. And then by the time Frank Clark comes back, yeah, I mean, they, they should be. But I don't really think Frank Clark being out really affects him that much because he only really shows up in the playoffs. I mean, that's when he makes a majority of his big plays for the season. Right. Frank Clark. I said Chris Jones earlier. Yeah, I meant Frank Chris. Clark. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, they still have Patrick Mahomes, but more importantly, they still have Andy Reid. And yeah. they are dealing with a little bit of an aging offense. Tyreek Hill is going up on a contract here, so he's going to try to showcase what he could do. Chiefs need to figure out what they have in McCole Hardman. I think that's a big piece of it. Is they 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 took a fourth round pick on him a couple of years ago. Do you believe in him enough to keep him as a slot receiver? They did draft a guy out of Clemson this past yeah. year, who I think he's great. I think he could be really aggressive and really be a factor for him. They need to figure out what they have there. They also need to look at Demarcus Robinson and say, okay, look, are you the weapon we need? And then you have to look at Travis Kels, um, which, yes, there's been a lot of controversy this week. Is it Kels or Kelsey? And Jason finally went on Twitter today and said, it is Kels. There you go. We've been saying Travis's name wrong for years. I will will say the first five games on the Chiefs' schedule is rough. It's it's, it's a brutal schedule this year. They play Cleveland. Cleveland, which is a okay. So out of their first five games, they have four potential playoff teams, and four of them are really good offenses. You got Cleveland, Baltimore, uh, the Chargers. They get a good week with the Eagles, and then they play the Bills. Like that's that's, <laughs> that's a, a rough game. five games. Uh, the back half not so bad though. You got Raiders twice, Broncos twice. You get the Chargers again. You get the Steelers and the Bengals. I feel like. That's gonna be okay. I think you're gonna get the bottom up, but that really, like, if the Kansas City can go five and zero in that first in those first games, I think they. I don't think they will. I think they will go four and one. I think they'll lose they to Buffalo. Fi- if they can go five and zero in that first five games, yeah. that's 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 gonna be crazy. Uh, I would I would look out because they've got an easy schedule in the back half after Green Bay. Yeah, I think Buffalo's got a chip on their shoulder against the Chiefs, and I think they're really going to show up, uh, especially during the season. Uh, if they meet in the playoffs, I think Kansas City kicks their butts any day of the week. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I, I think you look at Kansas City, and this is this is the tricky part to the Mahomes dynasty, right, where his favorite people are aging. And so a decision is going to be made on Travis within the next year or yeah. two. Well, then uh, you go ahead and draft a new tight end. They will. It is just going to be made about Tyreek Hill because cap wise, it gets tricky if you try to recite Tyreek next year, especially with the money yeah. totals you're, you're thinking. I mean, if he ends up getting $22 million a year, somebody else has to be like, oh, and you can't cut it off the defense. The split between yeah. the cap on offensive defense is huge already. Yeah. I mean, unless it is Frank Clark, which I would totally be okay with. Um, you know, his, I, his life of ease is, is, is over. He's really going to have to work for these next next few if he wants another super bowl in the next two three years he's really got to work for him because it's just gonna be tough yeah i mean so many more eyes are gonna be watching him too i mean and there's so much good young talent next year's draft is deep at defensive end i mean we 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 could be looking at one of the best defensive drafts in a long time i mean i think alabama they're almost their entire offensive or defensive line is going to be uh up for eligibility and then man i mean the sec is just going to be turning around huge superstars there Let's break the division. Who we or let's predict the division. How we feel this division is going to go down this year. Let's start with number four. 
Number four, I'm going to go Denver, because until they get someone else, I do not like that team as much. Um, I think I think a lot of these teams are going to be middling. I think a lot of these. I think the lowest might even win seven games, but right now I I would say Denver. I'm going to go Oakland, or sorry, not Oakland, uh, Las Vegas. I I just feel like this is a year they're going to self implode. Um, as much as we want to say Gruden save or uh, yeah Gruden save, I, I don't know that he is. Uh, I think this is a big year. So, got to prove that you want to be there. I, I'm going to go Las Vegas at four. Three. Three, I'm going to go with the Raiders um, for the same reasons. I think they have a little bit of an easier schedule compared to everyone else. Um, right. But it's going to be – it's not going to be good. And, and really, it's going to be sink or swim. If these guys are either going to succeed or they're going to do awful. And I just – I'm I'm banking on maybe they finally pull it together, but I really I I don't know. You're you're making me actually second guess because I I think <laughs> there's nothing I really like about this Raiders team like at all except for Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Like those are the two stars that everyone else is like, Ugh, not so much. My three is is Denver. I think Teddy Bridgewater surprises people in the sense of like they end up winning eight games. I think mm-hmm. they do. Their schedule is not particularly difficult. Uh, I mean, look, you're, when you're facing the NFC East, you, you got a little bit of a of an easier path than most teams. Um, I just I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to. I, like, he do, he still has talent to the take, and when he's in a system that he likes, which supposedly he's really liking Denver so far, he's playing in one of the stadiums that just lets you air the ball out even more, just because of the high altitude. I I, I kind of think Teddy Bridgewater is going to have a year, good year. He's three. Number two. Number two. I am going to say the Chargers. But it's I close. really almost I almost want to take them one because, man, you want to talk about an easy schedule the Chargers yeah. have. They got NFC East, of course. But this is their last six games. Uh, actually, you know, I'm gonna say the last nine or okay, last ten games. All right, Eagles, Vikings, Steelers, Broncos, Bengals, Giants. They get one with the Chiefs, Texans, Broncos, Raiders. They could make a huge run, and before that, they play the Patriots, which I have big question marks all over. I, if this team doesn't win a bunch of games, I think it's going to be close. I think Kansas City and Los Angeles could be tied at the end of the season. Um, I just don't, I, I got to see what, I got to watch one game to really know what I think about Chargers at least, at least for the defensive side. Um, but yeah, that is, it, I almost want to take up number one, but I'm going to take them number two because I think it's a safe bet. I'm almost in the same boat, and you know that's hard for me. You know, playing the Homer card, I, I do love, I do love, I do love the Chargers' schedule. Yeah, like those last ten schedule. games, they could win eight easily, and eight easily. it wouldn't be a stretch for them to win. No. You know what? Screw it. Number two for me. God dang. God dang it! I'm just, just making sure that I can live with myself if I say this. <laughs> um, yeah, screw it. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. Look, it is tough 
to do what the Chiefs have done for as long as the Chiefs have done it. Let's oh, say it like God, this. Do not, do not give me this. Do not give you this. Don't give you this as your excuse, okay? You don't get that this excuse. Is not, no, this, this is not the excuse. You don't get that excuse. The New England Patriots did it for almost 20 years. You cannot have that excuse. The, the Chiefs aren't the Patriots. And, and, and everybody, and this, okay, this is the downside of living in Kansas City is that I have to hear that argument every freaky day on the radio. The Chiefs aren't the Patriots yet. The Chiefs, if they, if ever. they were the Patriots, if ever. To be the Patriots, you have to win and win games that you should have won. They should have beat Tampa Bay last year in the Super Bowl. They didn't. Mahomes couldn't carry the team the way that Brady carried himself. It, it, I mean, like, it is hard to do what the Chiefs have done for as long as the Chiefs have done it and still keep that same level of mindset. I think this is a step back for the Chiefs. I think this is where they say, okay, look, just because we like these guys doesn't mean we need to keep them on the team. At the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes needs to be the focus of the team, and we have to build around him. If we're not doing that, we are wasting the $250 million that we're going to pay him, uh, or $500 million, sorry, over 10 years, uh, $500 million. We're wasting the $500 million that we're going to pay him over the next decade. Build around him. Find guys that work with him and keep Andy Reid happy because Andy Reid Mahomes, that's how you get the dynasty. It's Belichick and Brady just in a little different form. You also need to seriously take a look at is this defense, if, is Steve Spagnuolo really the answer in defense? I've been hard on Steve Spagnuolo the last two years. If you've listened to any of our Chiefs coverage, you know that I can't stand a guy. I mean, honestly, he turns it up in the playoffs. That's awesome. But he couldn't beat Brady last year. Again. Brady, there's there's that X factor of Brady that makes him the goat, and that is he wins the games he needs to win. Point blank, you can't you can't argue that. Mahomes has lost a few of the games that he should have won. So I'm going Chiefs to two. Number one, I'm gonna say Kansas City. I I just think you don't. I I think I think they're gonna have a rough start. Possibly just because of their schedule, but I do think that they get the job done later in the season where I don't know. I just don't know what I'm going to the Chargers yet. I want to say the Chargers. I want to take that leap, but the Chiefs have proved again and again, and Mahomes is still quarterback, and he's proved it over and over again. So uh, they still got Kelsey. They still got Hill. They still got their big, big, big-time players. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to say the Chiefs. Number one for me is the Chargers. Let's go, Herbert. Herbie fully loaded, baby. Let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> Herbie fully loaded. Not shout Lindsay out to Lindsey Lohan, you know? Yeah. You know, shout out to Lindsey Lohan. Oh, man. Hey, next week we will go to the AFC East. We'll be talking about Patriots, Jaguars, Dolphins, and Jets. Couldn't remember who was in the AFCs for a second. Uh, we'll be checking out. Don't forget to, in two weeks from now, we begin our fantasy football coverage. And we can announce officially that on BossRushNetwork.com, you will get a weekly fantasy football article written by Dan the Man himself, DCDM99. Dan Murphy is going to be helping us out with fantasy football coverage this season on BossRushNetwork.com. Let's Can go to Randy Break. Dan. Can we, we trust Dan? Do we know? 
Do we know if we can trust Dan on, on Vance? Someone other than me is writing entertainment articles right now. That's, That's all I point. care about. That's a good point. <laughs> that is all I care about. Five articles a week was a little much. <laughs> a little yeah. bit much. Um, let's go with uh, Brandon Breaking. This week, what are we ranking? What did I put on here? Top five sports-themed video games. Yeah. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. Let's do it. You should Number go five. first. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I knew you had major list. I told, you know what? I knew I was forgetting something before we did this episode, and, and now just hit me. I was like, hey, oh, go ahead, yeah. Go ahead and prep winner and losers while I'm doing this. I'll stall a little bit longer. Number five. It was a game that came out in 2004, and it lives in my heart forevermore. Talking triple play baseball on the GameCube. I need it, people. I don't give the GameCube a lot of credit, but but that was a great game. That was a great baseball game. Number four. You know I love some extreme sports. I can't wait for Riders Republic coming out later this year. But I got to give it up for Shaw White snowboarding. Uh, and, uh, that would have been PS3 era. Uh, that game was an absolute goal. That game was just so good. It felt real, very realistic. The the jumps were incredible. Everything was just insane about that game. I, I loved it to death. Number three, I I pretty much think you pay for the same game every year, but I'm going to go with the year that really got me hooked to do it, and that's Madden 2010. Mm. Madden's always been good, not great. I think it's, it's an NFL game. 2010's but, a good year. It's not my favorite, but it's a good year. Ten's a good year. Ten's a good year. Dual dual cover too. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinals and Steelers. Good cover. Number two. I think there's a. I think there's a special place in my heart for baseball games because it will be the show, and I'm gonna go 2015 for that one. Um, good year for baseball, but I it will be the show. As much as I have issues with like the online play, is always a classic good franchise. It's good for sports. It's good for baseball. The road to the show is phenomenal. It it just gives you a good feel for uh, of why we love the game of baseball. But number one, I'm going to go back to 2013 for a second with NCAA football. Now, I say this in EA Play is next week, which we'll have live coverage of. Network. NCAA. We know that you're a crooked organization, and we know that you finally let players earn money off their likeness. Please give us Which a Which is why legend. EA is a great partner. It's a <laughs> great <laughs> partner. I mean, pot calling the kettle black. I mean, yeah. this is like North Korea and Trump, man. It's just all in this together. <laughs> and to all the Republicans who just turned the station off, well... I make fun of Democrats too. You're all idiots. Just get over yourselves. Um, <laughs> Anyone who likes politics are idiots. I can't if believe you like politics. You're idiots. Remember, like you know, six months ago when I was like, "Hey, Austin, I'm totally going to start a political channel." Yeah, yeah I was like, work. "Have fun," because <laughs> yeah, I don't want have any fun of that. No audience. <laughs> have fun to no one on that one. Shout out to Bradley House though for being on a political episode with me. <laughs> you're real one, dude. Um, <laughs> I want more than anything in this world. I want a legends cover of all the 
Heisman and amazing players who came through NCAA when we didn't have games. I want a Legends cover. I want Johnny Menzel next to uh, what's Trevor Lawrence next to Justin Fields. I, for some reason, I can only think of players from this year. Uh, <laughs> I want all these great college players to came through. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. I want them all on one cover. Just give it to me. Give me like a Heisman edition. That'd be cool. That'd be very, very cool. That's my top five. Austin, number five. I, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to do six, but I want to give each sport that I somewhat care about some representation. Okay. It's it's important. Uh, especially when it comes to video games, you know? Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to say, first of all, basketball, number six, ESPN, NBA, 2K5. Uh, that one specifically was the one that got me into it. That's the one that, uh, had my dude Ben Wallace on the front from the Detroit Pistons, one of my favorite all-time NBA teams, the bad boy Reed 2.0 for the Pistons. I love that game. It's what got me stuck on the series. Uh, hence they also made their best, uh, NFL game. Uh, 2K5 that year as well. Uh, but that's not going to be on my list because they have another game reserved for that. Uh, number five, I am going to go to your sport of soccer, Logan. Super Mario Strikers, man. Hey, it's the yo, best. when is that Freak. coming out? Okay. As much as I make fun of the, the circle jerk that we love as Nintendo, <laughs> when are you all going to make me want to get a Switch again? Which I mean, yeah. I have a Switch Lite. Make Switch great again. And get yeah. Super Strikers. <laughs> Jesus. That might get us in trouble. Uh, number four. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about hockey. And oh, the best yeah. hockey is backyard hockey. Dude. That's right. With Pablo Sanchez and Mike Madano. Uh, you got to have all those guys on it, man. That's It's, it's one of the best. I love it. I love it. I love it. Number three. I give a shout out to Tiger Woods PGA Tour 04. That's specific. You are speaking my love language right specifically here. Specifically because of the Tiger mode that you could play, where it was like horse, but you did with golf balls on the green. Uh, I played that game for hours. I. Uh, Turn the soundtrack completely off except for DMX is up in here. And my mom was like, why does it keep playing the song over and over again? And I was like, I don't know, mom. It's just the game. I lied because I really just like DMX and I listened to it over and over again. You could do some crazy shout out to Devil's Canyon, which was a crazy uh, golf course that you could play on that doesn't exist in real life. But man, was it fun. Just a fun, fun game. Um, Number two for a baseball, I'm gonna give a shout out to MLB 07, the show. Specifically, that's the year that Switchfoot got a song on the game uh, with uh, with Oh Gravity. Yeah, so, shout go. out to that. Uh, and that is one of the that was the that was my first baseball game. I had one on the PS1, but that was my first like PS2 baseball game, and it got me hooked on the series. 
uh, for MLB The Show. My number one sports game of all time, though, and it goes to my number favorite, number one favorite sport, NFL Street 2, the greatest yes. sports game yes. of all time. Yes. It was, I believe, number two on my top 100 video games of all time, which you all can listen to if you want i'll give you a warning they're long they're four episodes and they're like four hours long each so have fun with that but that was like my number two game of all time i put more hours in nfl street 2 than i would care to admit that was my favorite game as a kid the fact that i could wear a bucket hat and straight up destroy dudes and jump off of walls and score touchdowns heck yeah chad up Josinko, shout out uh, great soundtrack. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story about that game, though, Logan. The first time I played that game, I was at my cousin's house, and they had an Xbox, and I wasn't uh, really, uh, you know, Your hands I didn't know anything. to fit around the controller, man. I mean, no, yeah, I didn't know. Any, I didn't know anything about the Xbox. I didn't know that you could put music on the Xbox. You know, put your oh, own music. Oh, okay. So when I played NFL Street Two for the first time, it was playing Toby Max album on there and i was like man this is a weird choice why did they put all of toby mac songs on nfl street 2 and when i got the playstation version as a kid i was like why isn't it playing the toby mac songs like i was so confused tonight, maybe yeah uh so uh but yeah I'll, I'll say this i enjoy the nfl street 2 real version <laughs> uh soundtrack better now than i do toby mac but that's besides the point it's a great game uh, I still have it to this day. It's still hooked my PS2 to play it every now and then. I love, love that game. Honestly, EA, if you were to bring back a legit NFL Street game, I wouldn't even need NCAA football. I mean that with all honesty. Like, I love NCAA football more than Madden, but if you gave me an NFL Street game that was good, not like three, I'd be in. I'd be in. Uh, shout out to honorable mentions. Uh, anything backyard humongous entertainment made. I mean, like they're yeah. all great. Yeah, they're all uh, NFL. NFL Blitz, good yeah. classic. NFL Blitz. Uh, NBA Ballers was another game. Ballers. Uh, uh, FIFA Street. FIFA Street is awesome. Is also really good. Um, I never played the first one. Uh, regular uh, and it, the regular NHL games are great, especially the mascot yeah. mayhem's. And if yes. you if your game has a mascot mayhem game it, a version in it, I'm in. Let's just do it. Let's get Shout game. out to uh, the Bigs as well. Yeah. That's an old baseball game they don't make it anymore. That was a good one. RBR baseball stop it. Play that one still. Don't don't even don't even don't even give me start RBA baseball. <laughs> uh, shout out to Steep, the open world extreme sports game. Uh, oh yeah. I could also say year. Tony Hawk would be on there. Backyard yeah, skateboarding is also good. By the way, it was on the Game Boy Advance. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good sports games. It was hard for me to pick <laughs> pick some. Also, give a shout out to the new Mario Golf game that comes out. Uh, but also like a D shout out because while it's a good game, I'm like, dude, did you just like? I feel like Mario, like the people who make the Mario sports games, just like, you know, jack their dick off and then wherever the cum lands, that's that's what they make. They're like, all right, we'll do that today. Put that on the game. It's like, great. We get a tornado and we'll get some ice maps and we'll we'll put it in a new golf game and everybody will buy it because it's Mario. Fair enough. I said, ladies and gentlemen, 
Before we go to before we wrap the show up with the winners and losers, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Let you know this weekend we got a brand new episode of Rope Talk. It is time for Money in the Bank, and we got a live crowd. That's right, Money in the Bank is going to go down to Texas this weekend. Eight WWE female and male superstars uh, will be climbing the ladder to see who is going to compete for a championship of their choosing. Monday, brand new episode of Q-List, How I Met Your Mother. We're talking season eight of the show. That means you only got one episode left after that. And then we turn it over to the Mighty Ducks. Corey and Austin are going to be taking over Q-List for the month of August. And then in September, Josh and I return to the 9-9. We'll be talking Brooklyn 9-9, including... The latest season because it's going to finish airing right as we finish up the show. So we can't wait to talk about the nine nine and all it's going down. Ending. I'm a little sad. Uh, Dude, I just hope it ends with. I mean, a lot of great takes, but Scully and Hitchcock need to just get engaged. (laughs) Okay. I just I do not want to see that sex tape. I do not want to see that sex tape. Oh, title of your sex tape. Um. Oh, I don't want to see that sex tape. Title of your sex tape. There you yeah. go. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, winners and losers. Each week we pick people who rock and people who suck. Winners go first because that's how the world works. Austin, who is your winner this week? Man, the winner of this week. I am going to give it to baseball. Because despite what Stephen A. Smith's stupid mouth has to say, it's great that we're getting stars in baseball no matter what. No matter who they are, no matter if they need a translator, get out of here with Stephen A. Smith. Your sport has been – baseball has been so boring. And the first thing I hear about this year, I have not heard anything about baseball except for, like, what you and Dan would talk about, like, on episodes and stuff until, uh, you know, Otano started getting big. And I was like, oh, well, who's this guy? And now I'm intrigued. I'm ready for the uh, basketball season to be over so I can get back into baseball. There's so much good young talent. I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Shohei Otani, Fernando Tatis Jr. So many great names right now in baseball. My winner this week is NBA 2K. We got our first WNBA cover coming to the game for NBA 2K22. Long deserved. Long overdue. Yeah, we did. Got announced yesterday. That's not the official cover, though. No, Luka Donick is. Right. And then Uh, the 75-year... Yeah, it's an old cover. Oh. There's, uh, there's a 75-year edition, too, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dirk Nowitzki, and Kevin Durant. Okay, I saw that one. I did not see the WNBA cover. Let me look this up. Check it uh, out. It's, it's pretty cool. Very cool. Let's see this. Well, Austin's doing that. I'm going to go on a rant for my loser this week. Carl oh. Ravage, you piece of crap. Oh, great. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, so, but Candace it, Parker. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. cool. I, didn't, I didn't see that. I, I kind of want. I kind of actually want to buy it. I mean, like, yeah, cool. honestly, like it's it's different. I haven't bought an NBA 2K game, uh, like physical copy in a while, and that might be the one I buy. Right now, yep. Josh has already pre-ordered the uh, 75th anniversary one, though. Of course, he's got Dirk's face on it. Of course, he does. Did, um, okay, wait, so he, is he so he got the Dirk one, but he not, he didn't get the Luca one. Oh, he's he getting, getting both. It? He's getting both. He's buying both. What a dork. <laughs> what a fucking dork. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all right. So Monday night, home run derby is going on. Pete Alonzo won this derby. And if rightfully so, he's a great, phenomenal home run hitter. New York Mets won it two straight years. 
Pete hits 32, 33 home runs. They think, okay, he's going to run through his opponent, right? Who's his opponent? For the first three minutes of his at-bat, we didn't even know. Unless you're a fan of Kansas City and you happen to know that Salvador Perez, the catcher of the Kansas City Royals, was at the plate. Because Carl Ravitch never mentioned his name. It said he just interviewed Pete Alonso and literally asked him what the weather was like in New York. And asking him really dumb questions like that instead of, hey, Listen, Salvador if Perez. He's a player that needed to be introduced. People would just know him. You know, Salvador you don't need to know Perez, who he Salvador Perez hit 28 home runs in the first round. That is the most by a catcher in home run derby history. It was just, it was just bad broadcasting. And then I, Joe Buck is some terrible announcing during the All Star game. Chris Bryant's dad went after him on Twitter today where he's like, why would you ask my son if he's getting traded during the all-star game? Like, dude, (laughs) screw you, man. Like he doesn't know the Cubs don't even know what they're doing yet. Like, screw you, man. Hey, you gotta, you gotta lay off, man. I mean, listen, it's hard to make baseball interesting (laughs) for so long. You gotta, (laughs) I hate you so much. Just give me your Uh... loser. Uh, loser this week is, I already kind of talked about Stephen A. Smith, but I won't go any further, uh, cause I do like Stephen A. Smith. I just think he, you know, come on, dude, be better. The loser this week is the USA basketball team, man. You oh, lost yeah. Australia, <laughs> man. I can't even speak English correct. You know? <laughs> oh, hey, like, there we go. You go to basketball. Yeah. Hey, oh, hey. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Get out of here, man. Yeah. You lost the people who were fighting alligators the day before, man. I begged Steve Irwin's daughter at one point. You know, she's a real trade, real real riot. You lost to a team that has bigger spiders than they do people, okay? (laughs) I need to just come on. Come on, man. You you, you lost to a team that literally has Jurassic Park as its island. You lost to a team that the Tasmanian Devil didn't even want to live in. He went to Tasmania, the smaller Australia. What's up with that? Yeah, what's up with that, yo? What's up with that? They also they also lost to Nigeria, I think. Nigeria was the other team. Yeah. It was not, it was a African country. I, I know that for sure, but I can't remember what it was. And Ekpeudo beat you. Ekpeudo, which I haven't seen in like four years. He couldn't even make an NBA team. <laughs> you beat and he get, and he beat you all. He beat you all. What's up with that? What's up with that? I don't know. If, I don't know if you saw uh, Greg Popovich's interview. Oh, I uh, did. Yes, yes, yes. I did see this. <laughs> I got to send it like, for somebody. <laughs> they're like, you know, hey, um, you know, USA has always destroyed other teams. It's like, no, no, they haven't. Even though you beat. Nigeria by 80 points just like a few years ago. He's like, no, we, we've never we've never blown our teams like that. Get out of here, Popovich. Get out of here. He pro- honestly, I believe that he probably didn't know because you. I don't think he's even alive anymore. I think he might be just a ghost of himself at this point. You know, he might be a robot. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Trash Talk. We'll be back next week again. We'll be talking about the AFC East. We may have a special guest or two. For Austin, I'm Logan. Peace out. Uh.